Welcome to Settle Smart, a podcast where we talk about how an injured person can build a safe and secure financial future after a legal settlement. You'll hear stories from people who structured their settlement money tax-free, along with the professionals who create a custom solution that brings peace of mind. This podcast is brought to you by the National Structured Settlements Trade Association, a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and advocating for injured people. Our Settle Smart podcast host today is Ryan Kristen Oliphant and his co-host, Susan Bowersox. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan Kristen Oliphant, a settlement consultant with Ringler out of Cincinnati, co-hosting this edition of the National Structured Settlements Trade Association's Settle Smart podcast. I'm joined by my colleague, Susan Bowersox from Sage Settlements out of Austin. Hi, Ryan. I'm happy to join you today. Thanks, Susan. We want to talk about a very important topic today, structuring a settlement for minors, which is particularly important to protect any funds to be dispersed in a legal settlement to benefit a person who is under the age of 18 or 19 years old if you're in Alabama or Nebraska. We have another colleague and NASTA member with us today to help us navigate all the information about structured settlements for minors. Welcome to Chris Chan with Ringler out of the Los Angeles office. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. Ryan, Susan, super happy to be here today. Starting with the basics, Chris, how do we define a structured settlement for minors? All right, well, um, a structured settlement is a settlement solution in which a parent or a guardian of a minor child can elect to have proceeds from an injury settlement paid out over a fixed period of time. Now, the obligation to make the guaranteed payments would be ultimately provided by an annuity contract issued by a life insurance company. To be perfectly clear, a structured settlement's not just for minors. Adults can also elect to have part of their settlement proceeds paid out periodically in future uh, payments via structured settlement as well. However, for the purpose, I believe, of this podcast interview, um, we're just talking about structured settlements involving a child that has been injured by a negligent party. Okay, Chris, let's drill a little bit deeper. Uh, When settling a claim involving an injured child, uh, maybe dog bite or maybe an auto accident, let's say, what are the options uh, the parents or guardian uh, might have when deciding how the settlement proceeds are paid out? Yeah, so because children lack legal capacity, the guardian, which is usually the parent of the child, will need to sign the settlement documents on the child's behalf. Some states like Texas even require a guardian ad litem, which is a special attorney appointed to represent the minor, uh, to review the settlement documents and to sign on the child's behalf. Now, this does not mean that the legal guardian automatically gets entitlement to those funds. Uh, A guardian and his or her attorney is required to petition the court and go through a minor's compromise or probate approval to decide how the money will be held for the benefit of the child, um, maybe except for the smallest settlements like in the hundreds of dollars. Um, the parent or guardian typically have three choices when deciding what to do with settlement funds. And keep in mind, all of these options are designed to protect the funds for the minor. So we'll just go through them one by one. Option A is what's called a court-ordered block account, also known as a court repository. Uh, This is essentially a savings account that is locked from access until uh, the minor has reached the age of majority or adulthood. 
Um, the, there's some pros and some cons here that we can go over too, which I think is important. Uh, one pro, and I think pretty much in my opinion, the only pro of utilizing a court-ordered block account is that if a minor um, and a minor's guardian want to petition a judge to get early access to the funds, it can be done, but it's got to be for the sole benefit of the minor. So, for example, if you're dealing with um, a parent and a minor who were involved in an accident that caused some scarring on their face or maybe somewhere on their body and they want to go uh, undergo some scar revision surgery, the judge can be petitioned for early access maybe in the minor's teen years when um, their bodies aren't going through crazy growth spurts. Uh, now, some drawbacks for a block account, um, there are two major ones. And the first is the interest rates, which in my opinion are deplorable. Um, it's literally the same interest as you going into your local Chase Bank, US Bank, Bank of America and opening up a savings account. I mean, we're literally talking about 0.01%. And even if this interest as small as it may be, um, it's not necessarily tax-free. I'm not a tax attorney though, so don't quote me on this, but. Uh, it's my understanding that uh, this this interest that they earn in a blocked account is also taxable upon receipt. Now, the second biggest drawback about a blocked account is that a minor gets full access to the funds at the age of majority, typically 18 or 19, I think, as you said in Alabama, Ryan. Um, that's not a big deal when you're talking about 10 or $20,000 with settlement funds. But when you're talking about like hundreds of thousands of dollars, this can become a real problem for parents and young adults who may not be financially savvy. I know that there's a really strong chance that I probably wouldn't even be around today if I'd been given $100,000 when I was 18. How about you, Ryan? Actually, no. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know mm -hmm. you, Ryan. Um, Susan, you know, they say that um, women tend to be more responsible than men and they mature faster. Um, think back when you were 18, what would you have done with uh, $100,000? Would it have been like <laughs> a positive effect or a negative effect on your college years? Um, I think ultimately it would have been a positive effect, but I know I would not have been financially responsible at age 18. I was working as a zookeeper during high school and then in college, but I know if I had $100,000, I simply would have moved to Africa and become the next Jane Goodall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, that's at least a better answer than what I would have done. I probably would have been in <laughs> Vegas at that. Even if I was 18, I still would have probably been finding my way through Vegas. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, so there's another option for, for parents, and that is what's called a minor's blocked trust account or unblocked trust account. Um, this is essentially a trust that is established with a minor as the beneficiary, and it has an appointed trustee. Now, the pros for a minor's trust account is that they typically outperform structured settlements and block accounts in regards to interest. The other benefit is that like a block account, the, uh, the trust, if blocked, can be petitioned for early access to the funds for the sole benefit of the minor. If left unblocked, then they just have to go to the trust um, trustee to, to ask for access to the funds. Now, the issue uh, I see with minor's trusts are the interest, or in other words, the growth, it's not guaranteed. The interest is taxable and there are management fees associated with every trustee. If you're not diligent and careful about the trust company that you elect as your trustee, it may end up costing you more to have the trust for the settlement funds. Now, also in some jurisdictions, the funds are still available to the minor when they reach their legal majority of age. So again, we're talking about a large trust account. And if you had a hundred thousand or more, um, depending on what kind of settlement you get, you'd have access to all those funds. 
Now, the third option is the structured settlement. Um, this is a very special type of highly rated regulated life insurance annuity. And there are pros and cons to this as a product as well. When it, someone's physically injured in an accident, their settlement proceeds are tax-free under Section 104 and the Internal Revenue Code. If these injured people elect to have their settlements structured for future payments, then the interest earned on those future payments is also tax-free. Now, that's a huge benefit, especially if someone is seriously injured and needs income for life. An additional benefit is that the parents and or guardian is able to customize future periodic payments to meet minors' expected needs. Finally, Structured settlements are well-respected by judges involved in approving settlements for minors. And let's not forget, structured settlements have been recognized by federal law and had bipartisan support since 1983. Now, the only negative I can see in, rela in relation to minors' cases is that um, once the future periodic payments have been determined and a contract has been issued on the structured settlement, and it's finalized, you can't back out and change it. So the, the terms are the, what they are. Wow, thanks, Chris. So I have just a few more questions for you. Um, and if you don't mind, I'm just gonna ask them all at once for you to respond um, afterwards. When would a minor actually receive any funds from a structured settlement? And what are the court's rules about that? Also, is it, it is important to note that not anyone can take receipt of that money except for the minor, correct? Yeah, so um, typically the attorney representing the injured party and or the insurance company would involve the settlement consultant to assist the parties, listen to the party's input if it became available, and then make recommendations on what would be best for the minor. Now, depending on the amount of settlement funds available, structures can be set up to plan for education, such as college or a trade school of some kind, uh, provide for an educational allowance, the purchase of a vehicle to get them on their feet, um, the down payment of a home, or even just incremental lump sum payments that help teach the 18 or 19 year old how to be financially responsible. Um, in regards to the court question, it really depends on the judge. So I personally know of a judge in Los Angeles who took the stance that the minor couldn't have um, funds spread out more than past the age of 18. He wanted a single lump sum at 18, and that's because he felt that neither he nor the parents had the right, um, once that child reached uh, adulthood, to determine when they should get their money. But please keep in mind that most judges understand the benefit of structures, and they allow for pretty much any payment stream starting at 18 or up. In regards to uh, receipt of the money, the terms of the settlement, as outlined in both the court-approved uh, approval and settlement agreement, will clearly include the child upon reaching the age of majority as the payee of the structured settlement. But nothing stops that 18 or 19 year old from after receiving those funds, utilizing those funds however they see fit. So uh, you could label something for college, like as a college fund, but if they choose to start a uh, Twitch stream account and play video games and make money off of that, then they could use that fund to promote that business. Very good point, Chris. It seems like we might have an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, if you will, uh, deciding to go the Twitch route versus the traditional college route. Um, it really comes down to uh, what that individual wants to do once they receive that money. Um, yeah. Okay, so since many of these cases are settled long before the child becomes of age, if you will, what happens to the money in the meantime? And then also, what happens if there is a market downturn, as there was earlier in 2020, 
and then what something happened in 2008 and then maybe there's a bubble burst that happened back i don't know 2000 and you know what would happen you know if something like that happened would that affect the structured settlement um so with any of the three options for a miner the money gains interest the beauty of a structured settlement is that it is more um, interest than your savings account or the block court ordered block account uh, but it's also not as variable as the trust account so for example this year we faced a major downturn in the u.s market um, in regards to the covid 19 pandemic which really just caused a lot of turmoil for people uh, especially those with invested in the market within um, late february early march uh, this also affected trust portfolios however uh, structured settlements were unaffected by the market's volatility since the child receives an annuity contract issued by a highly rated life insurance company uh, for those future periodic payments the payments are still issued on time and the amounts listed uh, are the same as what is listed in the annuity contract. Yeah, that's really important to, to reiterate. It's great that the payments never decrease and that um, you have the full backing of those life insurance companies. Um, Chris, regarding minors receiving payments from a structured settlement, who actually oversees the allocation of funds for specific purpose? So truthfully, nobody. Legally, when the child turns the age of majority, he or she is technically an adult and they can spend the money however they want. Parents can ask a, a settlement consultant like you or I or Ryan uh, to label certain payments for a certain, like a certain way within the proposals. Um, so for example, for a minor to be provided an educational allowance or an education fund. But once they receive those payments, they really have full custody of the funds so if they want to use the money for starting up a business, they could do that. Um, the parents can guide their kids and let them know that they're going to be receiving X amount of funds for Y and set those expectations early on. But it still comes down to the payee's choice on what to do with the money. I typically like to recommend to the parents that they educate the kids early on about money management and are consider uh, sometimes working with a financial planner if their child is expected to receive a very large sum of money through the structured settlement or access to the trust funds if they have a tr uh, minor's trust. Um, if parents are really concerned, then structured settlement payments can be paid into a trust as well, but this is usually for much larger settlements. Good point, Chris. Um, okay, so how do we know the money will be there if, for example, the child does not turn 18 for a decade? So we're talking about setting up a settlement today and uh, the minor turns 18 in 2020. Yeah, so when talking about um, structured settlements, the payee of a structure is gonna receive an annuity contract. This contract is gonna be typically provided to the parents so they can file it until their child becomes the age of majority. Now the annuity contract is a promise of payments by the life insurance company that uh, the, issued the contract. Almost all of the life insurance companies utilized for this type of transaction are rated A, excellent or A plus slash sometimes A plus plus superior uh, by AMBEST. For those listeners out there who are not familiar with AMBEST, AMBEST is a US-based credit rating agency that focuses on the uh, insurance industry. So what this means is that almost every life company is given a grade based on their financial strength. A plus or A plus plus superior rated life insurance companies are as strong as they get. And uh, these are the companies that issue structured settlement annuities. We're talking about names like American General, Berkshire Hathaway, MetLife, Pacific Life, 
USAA Life, Prudential, Mutual of Omaha, and New York Life. With over a thousand years of combined experience among insurance companies, consultants and attorneys can place a structured settlement knowing that their clients' periodic payments will always be protected. Wow, over a thousand years. That is amazing. So you mentioned New York Life. Um, did they recently celebrate a milestone? I think I recall seeing something recently. <laughs> yeah, they did actually. Uh, in their words, they recently celebrated 175 years of helping people act on their love. This is not an advertisement for <laughs> New York Life, but instead I expect that you uh, wanted to point out that people have counted on these companies for a very long time. And as such, uh, I guess their commitment truly runs deep. So in other words, most of these life companies have, I think, uh, 140 plus years of insurance experience and uh, have weathered the Great Depression, World Wars, and numerous recessions, including this recent one of COVID-19. Yeah, that's amazing. Chris, can you walk us through a real case involving a structured settlement for a minor so our audience can understand the process and the benefits? Yeah, sure, I can do that. Um, so I'm a big advocate of structures, uh, on, and I'm a plaintiff-oriented settlement advisor, so I tend to do hybrid settlements. Um, I tend to present options to my clients which incorporate various products rather than just one, one approach. Um, so let's say I was brought onto a case by a plaintiff attorney who told me that the net settlement to the minor would be $100,000 for uh, a dog bite case. Um, I've gotten the chance to speak to the parents and the parents have told me that they haven't been able to save uh, for their child's education, but they were hoping that that child was going to go to pursue college or um, some kind of trade. So what I would do is uh, I would present them with option A, which would be 80,000 into an annuity structured settlement uh, to pay for the what they felt was necessary, such as like an education fund, a vehicle to get them from point A to point B, um, and maybe some lump sums after college at age 23. Um, and then take 20,000 and put that in a block account for possible scar revision surgery. That way, if he does, because there's a dog bite case and if he needs to pursue scar revision surgery, he can get access to those funds. Um, then I would present him with another option, which would be to put 50,000 into a trust account to capitalize on a better growth potential, but also have access to be able to petition the court for early access for that scar revision surgery, and then place the other 50 into an annuity to pay out and cover education expenses starting at age 18. Um, I would let the parents know that if the money is in trust was not needed by the age of 18, the trust could be um, just changed, transitioned into a wealth management trust at 18, and that would allow the funds to continue to grow while their son or daughter uh, has the benefit of the annuity payments covering uh, their educational expenses. Either of these plans would address the parents' concerns and wishes for the child, creating a win-win scenario. And uh, as we at Ringler like to say, we try our best to create a solution where everybody wins. Wow, Chris, I could not have said it better. Thank you so much. Uh, we are about out of time for this episode of Settle Smart, and this has been a conversation chocked full of information about the importance and security of a structured settlement in personal injury cases involving minors. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Where can folks contact you for more information? Yeah, sure. You can uh, find me on www.ringlerassociates.com, and uh, you can also find more information uh, through the brochures regarding settlements for minors on the NASDAQ's website as well as find other settlement consultants on the NASDAQ's website um, within various state regions. Thank you, Chris. 
I'm Ryan Chris Oliphant, also from Wrangler, with my co-host Susan Bowersox of Sage Settlements. Thanks for listening to Settle Smart, a podcast from the National Structured Settlements Trade Association. We invite you to visit our website at nssta.com to find out more about our members and our mission to help you settle smart.